Hi, hello, good day, good day. Um, I am gonna be recording an Ask Your Good Sis segment. So on my website, tipsandmegoodsis.com, I have a question form. And in my newsletter, I have it too. So sign up for the newsletter as always. But um, I have that question form. And essentially, people can anonymously submit scenarios that they you know, want advice on. It could be long, it could be short, whatever have you. And I was checking, like I was fixing my website. I finally upgraded the website, thank God, because that font was irritating me. So I just got the upgrade for all of our reading pleasure. But um, I was on the website and the thought occurred to me to even check the question form to see if I got responses. And I did. And I'm just kind of jazzed and on a high from even updating my website that I really want to answer these. Because I'm just really honored, quite frankly, that you guys trust me enough to give an answer to your your deepest questions because these questions are these questions are good um wow so i i'm gonna just start talking i'm talking about that and i was gonna talk about the show seriously single the movie because Honestly, I've, I have a lot of thoughts on it, and I have a lot of thoughts in general. I've been meaning to sit down and do this episode for the, for the longest while, but I've been out and about with moving and all that stuff. And now that it's 2 in the morning, it's almost 3 in the morning, and I'm happy. I want to take a stab at these questions and see if I can get really good answers if they can. And maybe I'll talk about Seriously Single on this episode or the next one, because these questions also tie into some of the thoughts I've been having for the past few weeks as well that I wanted to talk about on a seriously single segment. So this works out really well. So we're going to go big, small, big. So there's two long questions and one short one. So this is the first one. So the person says they're having a lot of old trauma being brought up through the ways of their niece. Her father is fat shaming her and she's only eight years old. But I think that's around the same time mine started. My niece is a chunky, hairy brown Latina, and she told me yesterday she thinks she's ugly and fat because of her father. She also told me little kids make fun of her for being hairy, which is such a normal thing to be made fun of growing up. Latinx. My heart broke, though. I put on a brave face, gave her a speech about self-love, and reassured her that I loved her. And And days later, I find myself crying, maybe for my inner child because it's bringing up things that I thought I put to bed. I'm currently living with my parents, but I still have no relationship with my father. I hate that my niece is hurting and beginning to internalize the shame of being overweight, but I want to help her more. What else can I do for her at such a young age? And I know healing isn't linear, but how do you deal or cope with this as an adult when you thought your self-confidence was high, but you're realizing you still question appearances due to upbringing? This is a really, 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 really good question. And first of all, I feel really sad about the situation with your niece, too, because that's just really the name of the game for any little girl of color, and it sucks. Like, it actively sucks. I talked about this on the Being Black Abroad episode with my friends. Even for us growing up in Trinidad, even though Black people are the majority, like, Blackness is not portrayed in like our media and that like people don't want to have very black features um they want features of like other it's like black exoticism essentially so for me growing up a lot of my insecurity was in my hair um because when I I don't know you watch Disney Channel and you never see someone with curly hair everyone has straight hair (laughs) everyone has straight hair and then I always thought my hair was, like, messy when it was out. Like, I thought it wasn't supposed to be out if it was curly. And, you know, that was a big thing for me, too. And then also my acne, when I started getting acne when I was, like, eight. I've had acne, like, literally the longest while, which is why I'm so frustrated with it now at this age, my little big age of 20 years old. Um, so I definitely understand that. And moving to Florida, you know, being around white people all the time, or even your peers having anti-black or, you know, 
Eurocentric beauty standards, beauty standards is hard. So all this to say, it's a really shitty situation because all you can do is really love on them and show them different types of beauty. Uh, so for example, I recently discovered this model on my Instagram. I think she's called Phoenix. So I'm going to get her username for you right now. But I also mentioned her in the newsletter because I just think she's so, so beautiful. Like I just love looking at her okay so her instagram username is phoenix soul but it's p-h-e-n-i-x-s-o-u-l and she is disabled um but i think she's literally one of the most beautiful models i've ever seen or like think of winnie harlow she has vitiligo but she's beautiful gorgeous to look at i think it really is coming down to making sure that your niece in spite of what her dad is saying, sees different types of beauty. Like Lizzo comes to mind, for example, even though Lizzo is like hella over the top sometimes, that's what makes it so Lizzo. Um, showing different types of women and body types is important. I would love to recommend shows for you because I think media is so helpful sometimes. Well, a lot of the time, and this is why representation is important, but especially as it relates to Latinos, like they really don't, Thing. Afro-Latinas and you know fat like non-Sophia Vergara looking girls don't get the credit in the media they need so I something that comes to mind in terms of TV really is the Cheetah Girls um I don't know why but I feel like the Cheetah Girls were just regular regular looking um celebrities even though they were pretty old for their roles the Cheetah Girls is a really nice show for a kid to watch i feel like going like that's a raven that ep- oh that episode where she couldn't wear the dress that she wanted to wear because the model agency didn't want her to wear it but she was like i'm gonna wear it anyways because this is for my body and anybody like finding media that will because sometimes you can tell kids things but like kids are smart like you can say one thing but if the world is not validating that it's hard to think of it um so finding media that can actually help her see that there are different forms of beauty or give her, you know, people to look up to is helpful. Um, So I definitely recommend doing that. And at the end of the day with this, it's a tricky situation because the most ideal thing that could happen is for her dad to stop making those comments. So my next thing that I'm wondering as I read this is, because I don't know the family dynamic, you should talk to her dad and see if he will stop doing that. Um, And if he doesn't, I think your niece ultimately just has to learn that lesson of differentiating. And she's not gonna learn this now. That's the sad part. This is why we have trauma. This is what we call trauma. She's gonna have to eventually learn, you know, one day that what your family says isn't always right. Because right now she's aged. Like when you're a kid, you, you wanna believe what your parents are saying and what the people closest to you are saying, right? And so if they're saying bad things, that's what you're going to believe and internalize. So you need to talk to her dad and tell him that the words that he's saying now is going to affect her later on in ways that he's not even going to be able to understand. And that is so true because this could literally lead to her having daddy issues, for example, or getting into relationships with people, friendships or romantic relationships or otherwise where she isn't appreciated, where she is insulted, where she is, you know, accepting less than good treatment. That all stems back from how her family is treating her now. Um, So definitely address that. And I understand the other part of minority culture and, you know, Latin American culture, Caribbean culture, is they think by being blunt, they're, you know, just calling a spade a spade. Like, yeah, she's fat, whatever. But sometimes you don't need to say all the shit you want to say, you know, like there's a difference between being honest and being overtly rude and mean. And I feel like for a lot of us, we grew up just being overtly rude and mean and thinking that that's okay. Um, And I actually, I thought that too. I had to unlearn all of that when I got to college. Like I made shitty comments to people because that's how my family used to talk to me. Like they, when I was like five, they would call out my bug teeth and that's a very small example like that's a, a, a joke but as a five-year-old I was like oh I can't smile because I have weird teeth I can't smile because I have bug teeth right so kids internalize these things 
Um, and you really need to, you really need to tell him that. And if he doesn't change, then I guess it's up to you to be a source of support for your niece. Uh, and, and that's really the sad reality. I wonder what her mom says about this, actually. If her mom could be a source of support for you and getting her dad to stop making those comments. Also, if her dad is fat, like, if her niece, if your niece wants to insult her dad back, I totally would. Like, if my, anytime my dad makes any comment about me, like, I'm, I'm just like, okay, and, and, and you, Mr. Potbelly, what are you saying? Like, who, who are you to be making this comment to me? right now um (laughs) i i so the other lesson that you could teach her is standing up for herself like okay so what i'm fat whatever but move on you know and and i hate this because she's like eight and of course when you're eight you have baby fat and of course you don't actually grow into your body until you're like 19 you know like we're kids so it's sad that this age, she thinks she needs to look different than she does. And I even remember when I was 11, 12, I literally would do 50, like the 50 rep ab challenge because I thought I was fat. And it sucks that little girls are literally shown this type of beauty that they think they need to reach, but they're small, like they're not, their body is still growing and they're young. And I just one of those things that is terrible, especially when I look back into my life and I see how that's affected me too. And it, it just affects every single woman. And that's something guys don't realize. Like guys have body image issues, but they don't understand what it is to be a girl in this world and then have to put up with everyone telling you how you should look and it never being enough. So this is where, yeah, self-love for her and, and kind of owning what she looks like is going to come into play um the hairiness I completely relate my mom did not let me shave until like I was in high school and that was when we moved to Florida and I begged her to let me shave (laughs) my aunt actually had to get on the phone be like you don't want them to tease her about her hair let her shave (laughs) so I shaved for high school and I was so jazzed about it um hair is a big thing wow hair definitely is a big thing because of this idea that it's gross or whatever but it's such bullshit um so yeah I Oh, oh. it's sad because your dad is supposed to be the one that that will never, ever tell you that. That's the saddest thing. Like what if you're if your parents aren't the ones telling you you're you're beautiful, who the fuck is going to tell you? Like what? That's so oh, this upsets me, bro. Now that I'm I'm, I'm just thinking of what I could even say to make this better. Oh, my God. I think that it really lies in her dad learning to just shut the fuck up that's really what he needs to do is either tell his daughter she's the cutest little jelly bean in the world or shut the fuck up like that's really what i'm thinking because like wow i kind of want to smack him that's (laughs) i'm upset oh oh so i'm gonna okay if i think about something else i will circle back but as it relates to you i totally relate to this crying for your inner child bit because I 100% have days where I think I'm like the ugliest person on the planet. Like, I think my eyes are bulgy. I think like I look strange from the side. Like people have to look at me and have eye bags and all this shit. And I'm like, why am I so like fucking have no ass? Like, you know, you just think of all these things to hate about yourself. But I feel like something I've started to do or things things I've done that actually makes me feel better is I dance I do it without thinking about it but I put on soca music or dance hall and I I like wine even though I'm not the best dancer I still do it and it makes me feel better um it definitely is a lot of fun to take sexy pictures of yourself that's the other thing because then you look at them and you're like damn like of course people want to fuck me like I want to fuck me you know um (laughs) also just kind of looking in the mirror, not your phone camera, your phone camera is a lie. Um, look in the mirror and just like really appreciate one aspect of yourself. Like sometimes I look in the mirror and I smile at myself, like I wink at myself like a dummy um, because I love my cheekbones or I really like my eyebrows or I like my smile. I'm just like, damn, like they're hella cute sometimes. Um, and that's the thing is, especially as women too, I know this is also something that happens to you, but for me, I realize that my period literally affects my emotions. Like it's on a freaking loop. Like 
second week, I'm like down in the dumps a little bit. And then I come up and then I'm down in the dumps again a couple of days later, like even a little bit further than I was before. And I come up like tiny bit and then I get hella horny. <laughs> and then I just go down in the dumps to the pits of hell and I kind of come up and then my period comes and I'm crying or I'm upset or I'm anxious or whatever. And that's the other thing is your emotions could be tied, to, especially as it relates to, because this is one thing, I'm going to dispel this right now, actually. For anyone listening who thinks women cannot think logically when they're on the period, that's like bullshit. The thing that happens when you're on your period or like menstruating or like your whole cycle really is it affects your internal sort of peace. It disrupts your inner peace. Like your emotions as it relates to yourself. And like sometimes you can get anxiety and depression like that, that type of thing. But that's what's affected. Like, if you were to tell me, like, oh, how should we fix the crisis in Yemen? Like, okay, I don't have an answer for that. But I could look at a piece of information and logically understand, like, what is happening. That's not what, that's not what gets affected on your period. On your period, if anything, for me, what gets affected is, like, I have all these, like, irrational thoughts about myself. And I know they're irrational because three days later when I'm out of my funk, I think about it. And I'm like, why was I even thinking about this? Like, this makes no sense. Um, so yes, that's what happens. But um, and I also have anxiety and depression, so that fun factors into my cycle as well. I've been learning how to kind of anticipate and navigate it. So I don't know if that also happens to you, but kind of understanding how your emotions are affected depending on the time of month can be helpful. So yeah, some days you'll feel like shit. <laughs> it's terrible, and I think on those days, you know. I hope that you have like a team of people who are there to support you and will tell you what you need to hear. That's the other thing is because my family is not very emotional. I only have like a couple family members I go to, to talk about things. And outside of that, I have friends who I trust who are really, really emotionally intelligent that I talk to about things. Uh, It's really about having that one person or two people that you can go to for some solid advice or just listening like people who understand that sometimes like I know right now I'm talking because you asked a question but if we were in person and you just wanted to vent like I would sit there and listen that's the other thing is people need to learn that sometimes when people come to you for advice or most of the times when people come to you with you know a load on their shoulders they just want you to sit there and listen like an exercise we actually did in RA training was like we had to listen to our partner talk for like a two minutes and not say anything and not like respond just give body language cues that we were in tune to what they were saying and that's really helpful actually because sometimes you don't have to say shit you just need to be there for the person and then you can ask if they want advice afterwards it's always good to ask before you give them your two cents because sometimes they might not want it sometimes they might not be ready to receive it and that's okay too um so yes finding people who are emotionally intelligent to speak to and having that you know on your side is helpful i will say for me, and for a lot of young women, actually, we don't, a young women of color specifically, we don't realize that we're pretty until college. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like, I know guys in high school were checking for me. And they were always talking about, you know, the blonde white girls, which not to say is that they're, the blonde white girls are not cute. They, they're cute in their own way. Everyone is cute in their own way, right? Every bread has its cheese. However, it is damaging to see one type of beauty exalted all the time right and especially now we're seeing that the one type of beauty that's being exalted is like the kim kardashian type of body which is so interesting because that's not actually a curvy body like that's a very curated curvy body curvy bodies have roles like if you have an ass you're gonna have roles, and that's okay it's hot quite frankly actually (laughs) i don't know whatever I I don't know. That's the other thing is I find those bodies to be the most attractive too, but they just get shit on so much. Um, yeah, so me coming to college and actually having guys pursue me and having my friends hype me up was so interesting because I did not have that before. So I don't know if you live in a predominantly white area or maybe you it's a minority, um, majority minority area. And they just have like fat phobia and like anti-blackness, which is (laughs) everywhere. Um, But being around people who will validate you, and I even validate, I hate that, it doesn't even hate but it doesn't, it's not what I'm making, not even validate you, but like 
hype you up, like actively be like, damn, like you're hot. Like I love looking at your face type shit. Um, so yes. I, and that's ultimately what's going to happen with your niece too. Like I'm hoping that she will have her group of friends who will be like, what are you talking about? You're the cutest little thing because she's the cutest little thing. I'm sure she's the cutest little thing too. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I also get those feelings. I feel like everyone does and we all relapse into those childhood sort of fears and insecurities and that's normal sometimes you just need to sit in the feeling and be like yeah I'm here I feel like shit today so I'm gonna sit and you know watch my favorite show and blow bubbles you can't be upset when you're blowing bubbles actually like bubbles are (laughs) that's the most random thing I always make sure to have is bubbles because they bring me joy playing with play-doh like coloring doing things that you love to do as a kid can actually help you feel better in you know your adult life and we need to cater to our inner children more actually I like that you use that phrase because it's true we do need to take time to sew if that's what you like or play the piano or play volleyball (laughs) I don't know whatever it is that brings you joy do it um and some days when you're feeling like that you know Take time for yourself. Sit in your room or, or read a book or, or journal. Sit outside, meditate. Um, be within yourself and give yourself love um, because that's, that's really the goal is to get to a point where you're comfortable with yourself, even on your bad days. And it's okay to have bad days. Everyone has bad days. Like literally, Selena Gomez said, oh, I'm like an eight. <laughs> and she's like, she has a makeup team, you know, like, Zendaya probably doesn't think she's all that, doesn't think she's like all that. Um, We all have those days and that's okay. Uh, So that's my advice on this. I'm going to definitely distill this into an article. This is just me kind of rambling and getting my thoughts out there too. And for a longer version, if you guys want more explanation, but this is just one of those really sad things and sad realities about being a brown girl being a black girl like growing up and not having your beauty validated not and, and it sucks that we value ourselves with the attention of boys too which is stupid because boys are stupid okay <laughs> okay boys are not stupid there's some wonderful men on this planet but like we should not look for a validation outside of ourselves you know but we do because you know you want to feel desired and you want to feel attractive and you want to feel like you're that bitch and especially when you're a kid Being a kid is so interesting, especially being a girl, because we're forced to kind of mature faster. So we think of things in a more mature way, but also like we think of more grown up problems like this, like wanting to look like a woman when you're eight, like, you have a decade. Oh, oh. no, I, no, I just, yeah, you need to tell your niece she's the cutest thing. Um, When your friends come over and they see your niece, Tell them to give the, tell them to give her compliments. That's what I, this is why I literally, anytime I see a little black girl with hairstyles, like cool hairstyle, I'll always be like, oh, you look so adorable with your little bubbles, with your passion twist, whatever it is. Like I always try to hype them up because giving compliments and, and telling them that they're beautiful all the time, even if they don't believe it, you know, is, is helpful. And it, they deserve to be loved on. Our kids deserve to have love and to receive love so definitely talk to that dad and get him to stop the bullshit and if anything you need to teach your niece that sometimes your parents and your the people in your life your grandparents your aunts uncles like they say fucked up shit they just say fucked up shit and you can't listen to them all the time because they're not always right (laughs) really they aren't and also i think we tend to see our parents as like infallible beings um And it's so interesting because our parents are also dealing with their own traumas and dealing with, like, they're just raising us the way they've been raised. And that's why it's up to us to change that cycle so our kids don't have these issues. But they just don't see, for some reason, they just don't see where they're fucking up and they don't have an intention to change sometimes. Just sad. It just, it's a sad situation. And I'm so sorry. My heart breaks for your knees too. And I hope. Tell her Solange thinks she's the cutest thing ever because she probably is. Like, I'm also very biased. I think chunky kids are like the cutest kids. I just want to squish them and give them a hug. 
is so terrible. I think baby fat is the cutest thing. I'm sorry. I ugh. baby fat is the cutest. Ugh. I'm just thinking of this little girl with her little round face. I just want to squeeze her face. Oh, Ooh, Moana. Moana is such a good show to watch. A good movie to watch. A brown girl saving the world. Yeah, it's watch Moana. She can watch. Ugh. Well, um, not well. Well, Mulan is just required viewing, but it doesn't actually get to the root of the problem here. Like, I think she needs to look at a brown girl on screen. I don't know if they have any other movies with, with chubby brown girls saving the world. I wish they did. I think I'm forgetting something. If anything, I'll write it in the article. But, yeah, also, the show Never Have I Ever on Netflix is really good. That's probably too adult for her. I mean, I'm not good at gauging adult shows for kids because when I was a kid, I was literally watching... Lifetime movies and new specials about prostitution when I was like eight. So I, I'm not, I'm not the best at viewing, <laughs> at gauging whether materials are, are child appropriate. But that one scene in Never Have I Ever where the dad is like, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. <laughs> That's what it is. And honestly, props to my dad. My dad does tell me like, I could say I'm ugly and my dad would be like, no. That's not true, but okay. <laughs> it is a little bad way. Um, so I, I say that to say that you're, that her dad is really fucking up. And I'm so sorry that your dad fucked up on that end. Because uh, what makes you beautiful is your personality and, and your being and your energy. There's a lot of conventionally attractive folks who are the ugliest people you could ever think of because their personality sucks. So, yeah. I send you a whole lot of love. Um, and I hope that your niece, as she gets older, understands that there's different ways of being, different ways of beauty, and there's no one right way to be beautiful. Everybody is, like, literally everybody is beautiful to somebody, you know? It's just one of those things. Like, beauty is so fucking subjective. Like, all the guys I've liked, people have thought that they were Okay, well, not all, but like 75% of them. People have thought they were like, you know, they're like, why do you like them? <laughs> and I thought that they were the most beautiful things when I was when I was dating them, interacting with them. So it's just like, and sometimes I think I'm like a potato. I think I'm like a blob. I feel like I look like that freaking character from Monsters, Inc. Because my eyes are so bulgy sometimes. But bitches be hyping me up like, you're so hot. And I don't get it. But that's, it just is what it is, you know, like every bread has its cheese it's true and i hope she has a great community of girlfriends who will always hype her up and support her i hope she's forming those kindergarten or elementary school middle school relationships that will last forever i hope that for her i hope she eventually finds that soul tribe of people who will be there for her um and i'm so glad you're there for her because honestly you remind me of my older cousin i feel like my older cousin plays this role for me and my other cousins especially my younger cousin so you are so necessary you are doing literally god's work for undoing the freaking trauma that your family's trying to <laughs> keep going because they don't they don't know better and they don't want to do better um but definitely talk to that dad and i hope he can change if you can give me an update like let me know what he says about that and i'll write another post about it because i don't know the family dynamic i'm not sure like if he's just poking fun, like, oh, gordita type of thing. <laughs> or if it's like, oh, you're so fat, stop eating. <laughs> that's terrible. That should not, oh my God. I hope you're, that's the other thing. Also, that's on a very serious note. Watch out for eating disorders for your niece. Make sure she's eating. Make sure she has a healthy relationship with food. Um, teach her that food is meant to nourish your body, meaning that, no, we shouldn't eat dolls all the time. But you know, we should eat as many mangoes as we want. We should eat as many. And have a cheat snack, but don't go overboard. Like, teaching that healthy relationship with food and, and showing that food is something that's made to feel good. Food is made to release dopamine in your brain and nourish your belly. Like, it's made to give you good vibes and good feelings. So make sure she has a healthy relationship with food and make sure she doesn't, you know, get bulimic or anorexic or anything like that. Because that would be the actual really bad thing that would happen. That's, a, that's way worse than just having like, body image issues. And I hope that you also don't have any eating disorder problems. If you do, you're so valid. But like I, that's a, a hard thing to have to face too. Um, 
and actually the next question that we had plays into this it's someone asked why can't i scroll that's so annoying oi i can't get it wait okay i'm going to use my computer because i was using my phone and now we're not working oh the question was how to grow more in love with yourself especially after a history of depression very good question um so i too have a history of depression so deal with depression um yeah it's like one of those things where like i was saying previously you just need to do things that make you feel like a bad bitch like for me okay for me i really do take sexy pictures like i take sex pictures and i feel good like i'm just like wow i'm so hot like sometimes i i come out of the shower and i put on my bra i have a fenty like t-shirt bra that i love i absolutely love this bra and I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, like, I, ooh. <laughs> I don't know, but I also love bras. It's because I have, like, huge boobs, so I developed, like, an affinity for bras just because when I was 16, I realized, like, all my life, my mom would buy me, like, the bras without underwire for comfort, right? But then I was like, damn, I'm a junior in high school and I have saggy boobs and I don't like it. <laughs> Because I was like, my boobs should look good. So then I started buying my own bras, as one does as they get older, buying their own bras. Um, now I have hella bras and bras that I love to wear for myself. And you know, for other people when they're around, you know. Um, but yeah, and it makes me feel good. And also other things that make me feel good, putting on my favorite shoes and walking around with shoes. So strange. But I just love looking. I love wearing heels. I love you know, doing a facial and listening to music and like just aromatherapy type of thing. I, it's just doing things that make you feel cute. And that, and that's the wonderful thing about beauty is it is literally contrary to society because you have to live with yourself, not society. Um, you need to appreciate yourself. So fuck what anyone else says. Um, beauty is whatever you define it. So if you love wearing like you're a sneakerhead you love sweats you want some you know pop smoke braids and that's your shit like find a style that works for you find a style that makes you feel good and that is kind of okay that sounds inaccessible because clothes shopping and money i totally relate um but even thrifting and sharing clothes with your friends i've honestly swapped a lot of clothes with my friends like clothes that i'm giving away i give to my friends because that they're giving away they give to me like figuring out your sense of style could be helpful because therapy is a very big thing like when you dress like a bad bitch you feel like a bad bitch um that's why even in quarantine on the days i need to feel good like i do my hair like i try to actually comb my hair every few days and i do my edges and i put on my lip gloss or lipstick and i take cute pictures of myself um even though i have acne even though i have you know I, sometimes i got rolled sometimes i don't depending on how much i exercise um just appreciating that about yourself and appreciating just how you look naturally and this is the other thing i actually use my instagram as an exercise in self-love meaning all the pictures on my instagram don't have any filters um they're just really good pictures of me with good lighting good angles because that's really the tea is all these influencers yes they're all you know, they, they could be really beautiful in their own right, but it's really angles. And at this point, I'm going to shout out my friend Leafland at Hire Forever on Instagram. He takes all of my pictures, 80% of the pictures on my Instagram really are because of Leafland. And he makes me feel like, like, like I take those pictures, I'm like, damn, like I should be a model, you know? So finding those little moments where you feel really beautiful is important and that for me clothes really is a big part of it like i need to put on clothes and be put together like in college you'll never find me rolling up to class and like sweats or whatever because that's just not i would not feel put together especially because i'm usually not anymore but usually i'm out in my dorm and i don't come back till late so i want to feel good the whole day um or also giving yourself grace in the sense of like doing things that you love. Like for me, something that brings me so much joy is this podcast and this blog because I've been thinking about doing it for the longest while. 
So anytime I feel down, low-key, I distract myself by doing work on this because it brings me so much joy and fulfillment. So finding things that you really like to do, like if you want to help with a coastal cleanup, you know, do that. Or if you want to do, you know, Zoom sessions and, and a book club, a book club, Zoom, sort of whatever, do that. Like find, think about, really think about what your inner child likes what makes you feel safe and secure and set aside you like dr rachel levy bell said on the unpacking angry black woman episode the second part of that you have 20 minutes for yourself you need to at least give yourself 20 minutes to feel good because self-love isn't something you do when you're down in the dumps self-love to me is like therapy therapy is something ideally you have before you get to like the pits of hell of depression (laughs) like therapy is what you do to avoid getting to the pits of hell of depression so same thing, like self-love is something, it's a, it's a loving practice. It's a thing you do constantly is like you taking 30 minutes to watch an episode of Degrassi because that brings you joy. Or for me, I've been watching Wizards of Waverly Place, Wizards of Waverly Place, literally nonstop, like this whole week. And it's brought me so much joy to just sit here and watch that show and work on my blog or work on RE stuff or whatever it is I'm doing. It's just so nice. Like Disney, okay, Disney Plus is an app. Something about like something about logging on to Disney Plus makes me so happy. I don't get it. But it's different. Like Netflix and Hulu are serious. Like Netflix and Hulu are like adult shit. But Disney Plus, that's joy. That's just joy. Like I literally something about the app just makes me feel good. I don't know. Um getting off of social media is actually really important because Sometimes you can be overstimulated and your thoughts of like anxiety or whatever comes from that overstimulation of social media. So just get off that shit. Also, make sure your social media is filled with things that bring you joy and people that bring you joy. Like since I've been using Instagram, like I started Instagram honestly in high school, like senior year. I started all my started Instagram in high school and I started my Facebook. I'm not really on Facebook, so I don't count, but and my Twitter, I started actually because of a comm class, a communications class, LOL. That's the most communication things I could, <laughs> that's the most communication thing I could ever say. I had to start a Twitter for my class because it was 10% of my grade. That's why I'm on Twitter, honestly. <laughs> um, but my timeline, I follow makeup artists of color. I follow, you know, people who have different body types. I follow, like that girl who is disabled, but she, I thought she was the, like I originally saw her from Love Vera because Love Vera I'm dying to get my hands on some love you. Oh my God, but I'm trying to save money. Um, they posted her picture in their laundry and I didn't even, like she, one of her legs, like it stops by her knee or whatever. I honestly didn't even, I was looking at her and I was like, this is like art. Like she just is art. I don't even know. I love seeing her pictures on my timeline. Um, finding different types of beauty and, and, and people. And especially, I don't know your race, but if you are a black woman, um, finding Liking pictures of black women who are beautiful to you and hyping them up, but also sh- showing yourself that there's different types of beauty. Like on in one of the articles I wrote on the website, actually the fitness influencer one. There's a fitness influencer who's actually really perfect for this. She, oh, this gonna annoy me. I'm gonna pull up that article as I'm talking actually. But she essentially works out because she just wants to be healthy and feel good. She's a necessary workout to like lose weight or look like the Kim Kardashian type of body. She just wants to tone her body and feel good. And I love that. Her name is, hold on. It's, Jamie Karoma. Um, it's at J-A-I-M-M-Y. K-O-R-O-M-A. I love her. She is so dope. I just, because for me, I'm honestly not even working out to get that body. I'm just trying to firm up my ass and like be able to do push-ups. Like I genuinely do want to get stronger and eventually I want to do boxing and I want to feel like I can protect myself. Like I, and that's the thing is I feel like shifting narratives, like the societal narratives we have, especially as women around our beauty, like shifting that narrative is important. Um, For example, even though I exercise, I still eat candy. Like you're still going to catch me eating Dairy Queen, even though I probably shouldn't because like that will fuck up my acne, but whatever. I love a cotton candy blizzard. So (laughs) screw that. Um, 
And it's like, you deserve to have that cookie. Like you deserve to sit down and eat a picarendo because you love picarendos. I want a picarendo, well. Um, <laughs> like doing things that bring you, the little things or making like, there's also mindfulness, like meditate, like mindfulness in like activities. Like if you're cooking, really get into your cooking. Like focus on that. Like think about the way that the, the onions smell, like the garlic smells when it's like sauteing or whatever. Um, and making your life like your own little movie. Like ideally it's getting to the type of, I guess, Jonathan, Van Ness, Lizzo type of energy. Because Lizzo, I love how she shuts down body shamers. Like Lizzo actively exercise. And it's probably more active than most people. But they'll always shame her body. And it's stupid. But she feels good. She's exercising and making herself healthy. Because we all should be healthy. We should all work out. Because, you know, our heart is a muscle. We need to use it so we can, you know, have a good life into our 80s, etc. But she works out to feel good. She doesn't work out to change her body type. And that's the thing is I feel like appreciating your body and how you are at every step especially because we're young too like I'm still growing into my grown woman body I know I'm not going to be this skinny when I'm 35 like I'm probably gonna have that ass I want when I'm 35 like things are gonna add up the fries are gonna add up (laughs) the dairy queens are gonna add up that's okay um and for me I love like I love my hip dips I hate that people are creating this stupid social media trend of like hip dips to get rid of your hip dips because I can only think of the eight-year-olds who are like oh my hip dips are gross like what the hell hip dips are cute or ooh, someone made this video the guy called it a thigh upa. it's true that little type of fat between your where your thigh and your um waist or whatever meets like that part is so cute I love that I love that on other people I even love oh, when women wear like sundresses but they have that little that little tummy like it's that little round hoopa. I love that I'm sorry um so just redefining beauty for you and what that means and looking in the mirror and just appreciating what is there and it's also more than the physical appreciating how good you are as a person you know like those my therapist gave me that worksheet of, of words because she was like, I want you to describe yourself like 10 positive things you love about yourself, but they're not physical. So things like your intelligence, your charisma, your, you know, compassion, your honesty, appreciating how wonderful you are just inside and out. Like you are the whole fucking package just sitting there like how dare you be this wonderful type of thing you know and I'm saying that how dare you be this wonderful um so yes it's a journey for sure and you will have those days where you get kind of like down the dumps and you need to love on yourself a little more maybe you just need to shut the world out and just kind of sit in your emotions and that's okay too but it's really all about getting out of those days and having those moments where you go out with your friends to brunch and you're like, damn, like, <laughs> who told us to be this fine? <laughs> who gave us the permission? Um, I was literally trying on shoes. Every time, I, every time, I love my legs. I, I'm just going to say this. I love my legs. Every time I put on shoes, I'm like, wow, who really gave me the right to be this bad a bitch? Like, who gave me permission to have these fucking legs? Ugh. Uh, I'm sorry. And there are these red heels I really want to wear and I can't because we're not going anywhere because it's Kelowna, but like, dang. <laughs> so I hope that was actually helpful. And also, like, having your friends tell you what they love about you or, or your family members because for me, like, I guess that's why I'm so jazzed tonight. Like, someone left that comment on this form saying, like, I'm killing it and I'm doing great. And I was like, what the hell? People like me? All people think I'm wonderful? You know, I don't know. People sometimes, and that's the other thing is I'm terrible at receiving compliments, but that doesn't mean I, I don't like them. I just don't know how to act sometimes. But yes, I I don't know. I don't know if I left something out, but I hope that was helpful. I've talked so much. This oh my god, this is probably so long. I didn't even realize how long it is. <laughs> this is the last question. Uh, sorry I got distracted because my friend sent me something okay um yes so the person writes let me zoom out the person writes 
sorry if this is a crazy rambling. That's okay. So I'm with this guy who my family hates. <laughs> Relatable. We've been together off and on for the past few years, and I love him as a person, but I think he loves me as a potential future wife. I used to feel the same way, but there are things about him that I don't necessarily like. But I keep on doubting my decision to be with him or break up with him because he's a great guy, but my family thinks he's horrible for me. If I stay with him, I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing or not. And then sometimes I'm attracted to other people when we're separated, but we always get together. I've been trying to figure out what I want, but it's so difficult when my family hate him and don't trust my decision making. So as someone from the situation, am I the problem and am I stringing him along? I swear I love him, but I just don't think I'd want to marry someone my family despises. Thanks. I need to ruminate on this. I I feel you. I mm, I also it would be helpful to know your age. Uh I don't oh. mm, because okay, I'm 20 years old. Um and I was dating my ex. I literally was freshly, freshly turned 18. Like I met him three weeks after I turned 18. So I didn't know shit. Um, and my family never liked him. Not to say they hated him as a person necessarily, but they just didn't think the situation was good for me. And they didn't like him for me. Like it just, they didn't see it as working. And one thing I like though is... And this is something that I don't think your family is giving you. My family, while they voiced their opinion and they were like kind of confused at our whole relationship, they let me, they let it rock. Like they let me make that decision on my own, right? And I think sometimes, most times, you know, growing up, you need to go through those phases where you're with people to learn the lesson of letting go or to see how long you'll tolerate something that you don't want or isn't exactly what you need. And that's, and it hurt. Like breaking up with him hurt like a bitch. I hated it. Um, but it, I had to go through that. And even in my breakup process, my friends literally had to let me, <laughs> had to let me go through this state of denial because I needed to reach the conclusions on my own. Like sometimes you can get people advice, but they're just not ready to receive it. And that's okay. Um, so for your situation, I don't know. I, I wish I had more specifics because on the one hand, I'm thinking, mm, I'm thinking that even putting this title of a, a potential future life, to me, I'm wondering what that even means to him. And I've been honestly just thinking of like monogamy and, and relationships and why we even do those things and I have moments where I literally can't even fathom who the fuck I would marry I'm like who is who am I actually gonna spend my life with I don't even know because it feels so strange to even conceptualize that I want to know why your family hates him uh is the thing so for me my family did not like my ex because they felt he wasn't prioritizing me which he wasn't I was like seventh on his priority list and I thought that was going to be temporary because I was like trying to support him because he had other stuff going on. But on that other vein, for me, especially at this age, dating, there's, you know, a, a list of priorities that one should have. And if you're religious, God's spirituality will be the top and there'll be family because I, I hope we do want someone who has like a sense of family, community, whatever. But your family slash friends will be below that and then like work and school like your your ambitions ambitions your career and then I would come after that right because I don't expect to be the first priority and I, especially at this age you and your 20s are the time to be selfish and to get to know yourself and to stumble and to to have those big wins and those those failures and figure it out um so you can't always devote yourself to one person that's okay but there also needs to be a level of effort and consistency so my family didn't like that I wasn't getting that level of effort and consistency. They didn't think, like, we didn't go out on dates often. I barely really saw him. Um, they didn't feel like he was appreciating me. Like, even something small, like getting your, your partner some chocolate because, you know, it's your favorite thing. Or sending them a text to be like, I'm thinking of you and I hope you're okay. 
like even those little things right and so they thought I they knew I was kind of miserable in that relationship and that's why they didn't like it um so for me I'm just wondering why if your family hates him because it's just your family being on bullshit or if there's actually some some credibility there and actually later on I learned some things about my ex that really hammered home a lot of the the reservations my family had about him which was very interesting uh, and also yeah figuring out what you want is hard it is because for me I'm in this weird space of I don't want a boyfriend but I'm kind of realizing I want consistency and I've dated a lot of guys like I've in this past year I've probably dated at least eight guys I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking it's eight I'm I cannot I'm not gonna come them out now but I've dated enough right so I've kind of been in quarantine like I I'm just like I have no more hands to play I'm chilling the next person who comes along needs to be consistent and ready to seriously date because I just kind of am like not in the mood for I'm not in the mood for the games. That's what I'm realizing, right? Um, and so figuring out what you want is weird because sometimes you kind of have to exist in this space of just being by yourself. And I'm wondering, like you said, you've been on and off together for the past few years and you love them as a person. Yeah, but there's a difference between loving someone as a person and you know being in love with them and actually making a commitment to because love is a choice love is it starts out as a feeling but ultimately it is a choice and like i said in the decolonize your heart article the definition the definition of love that i operate under and i love that that book gave me that that language to describe it is you know it is this choice to commit yourself to to extend beyond oneself to advance someone else's emotional and, and spiritual growth right or even your your own emotional and spiritual growth um so if you're not ready to do that for him i really honestly think you should just do you and you should break up um that sounds terrible you should break up (laughs) but no i'm thinking you need some alone time um and honestly i'm sorry this potential future wife what even is that like what does that mean to him you know, is my question. Like, I always find it comical when people our age make such bold statements. And that's me projecting. I'm just like, what do you know? Like, we ain't grown, grown. Like, we're halfway grown, but until you got a mortgage and you're completely, like, on your own stable, like, you, you, you're you learning, but you're not there. And that's the thing is, until we're 25 and our brains have fully developed, like, we're still going to be doing bullshit. <laughs> we're still going to be on bullshit. And that's fine. So it's normal. And I think now that we're in a generation where you don't feel the need to get married at 18 and have five kids like our grandmothers did. God bless them for being, for putting up with that. Wow. No, thank God times have changed. Um, and we have more autonomy, especially as women to make our own decisions and to have, always have financial autonomy. Um, please always have financial autonomy to all women listening. Stop. Always have financial autonomy. Um, meaning your own bank accounts always. Um, but yeah, now that we're in a position and, and more stable and independent, we have that space to be more choosy. And I think your 20s are a time to date yourself. So I feel like if your family thinks he's horrible, you need to sit down and, with your family and, and understand the energy. If it's coming from them just being bitter and wanting to sabotage your relationship for no reason, which does happen sometimes, it depends on the family dynamic, or it comes from them noticing these little issues um that you know will be a problem later on and for example i follow melanated mama on twitter i talk about her all the time because she has so much good advice um she tweeted this thing actually that she said driving is very important to me and if you can't drive we can't be essentially oh that rhymes a little that's not what she tweeted but that's my paraphrase um because she always talks about setting your your boundaries and your intentions and sticking to them. So if you want someone to be a long-term partner for you, you need to set set your boundaries, 
set the the intention set what you want figure that out and don't accept anything less and i completely agree because even looking at the relationships of our parents like my dad he expresses love to my mom in, in her own way and my mom is not very like lovey-dovey um if anything i feel like they're more acts of service type of people so they'll do things for each other but for me i love words like i i'm a writer i have a blog <laughs> i love words um and shout out to my ex like he really did amazing love letters for me that's the one thing that he was very good at um well one of the things he was very good at um i love love letters and for me i want a relationship where you know he'll buy me my favorite ice cream one day because he remembered I liked it. And it just, it's just a Thursday and he brings me that ice cream or he right, he leaves a letter in my, my bag. So I'll see it when I'm at work and it's just a regular Tuesday. <laughs> I love that type of thing. Or, or, or you'll do the laundry for me, even though it was my turn to do it because you know, I'm stressed and I don't have time. Um, or I want a guy who, and this is the thing I want a guy who's emotionally intelligent, for example, like, if I tell you about my stresses as a black woman, I don't need you to gaslight me and tell me I'm radical or angry or being negative. I need you to listen and be like, no, you're wonderful and I love you and you're a queen type of thing, right? Well, not a queen, I even hate that phrase, but you're amazing and for all these reasons, da, da, da. Or even just to sit there and comfort me as I talk. Uh, and so I'm realizing I need these little things. I want a relationship that's not comfortable. I want it to always be actively loving. Um, and of course you get those rough patches like if we were to have kids like that's different but like in the beginning of like if it's just two of us that that's what i want so you need to figure out like i'm wondering what the what do you want to call it uh because you said the things about him i don't necessarily like so i and you keep on doubting your if you keep doubting your decision to be with him that's a big red flag, actually, because that's a big red flag. Because even when I was with my ex and I was going through the nonsense, I was down for him. And I, I loved being with him, even though it was terrible <laughs> and I shouldn't have been. Like, you need to actually, and maybe it's because it has been a few years, maybe the honeymoon phase has worn off, but you need to, regardless of what's happening, like, this is your person type of vibe. That's why I think there might be some credence to what your family is saying. Because when you're dating someone, and this is the thing, you're never going to figure this out until you leave the situation and you look at it, hindsight is 2020. Because for me, I started going on dates last fall. That was like, I guess, six months after my breakup, five months. And I thought I was ready to do that. I was not. <laughs> but I did anyways. And the reason why I'm grateful for some of those dates, or all those dates rather, is those guys literally like wherever we were going they treated me so well like if i wanted the dessert and even if i wasn't going to finish it they'd still get it for me they paid for my dinner no questions asked like paid for my ubers no questions asked um hyped me up when i was walking with them like they'd be like oh damn girl like you look good like type of situation and it was so interesting because i hadn't had that before like i didn't do that with my ex and so or we didn't do it in the beginning rather like our relationship was very rushed and i i realized that i like this i i want this i want this type of man who will pay for dinner for, with me with his own money that he earns because we have jobs together <laughs> we both have jobs and we support ourselves in, in some way right or you know there's that romance aspect and that's something i didn't even realize was possible to that extent when i was dating my ex and honestly because of who he is as a person to the extent i had it with these other guys it wouldn't have been the same with him because he is he's very nice really okay no shade he, that's how he is and um these other guys weren't and it felt so nice to be treated that way and so I had, and then on that flip side, I also realized what I didn't want. Like I was, I had a rebound and at the time it was okay. Like I, it was fine at the time. I didn't want anything from him. But then I was like, okay, I've been to the whole, come to my place, go to your place. Like anytime a guy's the first time he wants to see you is in his bedroom. Like, you know, what's the vibe with that? And I know that that was fine for me then, but it's not fine for me now anymore. And I don't want that all the time. Like, yeah, we can chill sometimes and we can watch movies, 
but I also need to be taken out, right? I need to be romance. I need to feel like you're appreciating me. Um, and so all this to say, because I'm talking hella, <laughs> hella long, I think you're young. Why are you thinking of marrying someone now? Marriage shouldn't feel like pressure. If it is feeling like pressure, it's not the thing that you need to do now. Um, and two, or you even have that be on your mind. That's it. I think you're planning to get married anytime soon. But like, don't think like dating is supposed to be fun, bro. Like that's the other thing. I want people to realize dating is fun. Once you figure out how to be healthy and detach from people and just kind of do your own thing and recognize that what other people do is not a reflection of you, but entirely a reflection of them it changes your whole perspective. Like even the other day I was thinking about what this guy I was talking to was doing and I was like, you know what? This is a reflection of him and his hurt and what he's going through. This isn't a reflection of me and my value as a person, right? So I think some time apart honestly is in order. And for him too, like y'all need to just cut it. I even would advise cutting it off cold turkey, like not even being in each other's wavelengths. Um, I also, as a person, I'm very, I advocate for blocking simply because it's a way to stop yourself from thinking about that person. Like for me, I blocked my ex and it was just like, I have no bad feelings towards him at all. I'm grateful we dated because I learned so much about myself and, and I grew so much as a person. But I needed to block him because, like, I was doing that thing where I was thinking about him. I was going on his page sometimes, like, all that stuff. And now I don't go on his page. I don't think of what he's doing. And I can see his face and I don't care. Like, I'm just neutral in my body. And that's such a wonderful feeling. So right now, I really think for the rest of the year, y'all should just cut it off, cold turkey, and not talk, at least for the rest of the year. And then see how you're feeling. And, and if you're attracted to other people, yes, you're young. I keep saying that. You're young. <laughs> I love flirting. I love attraction. I love meeting new people. I love the beginning of things before it, it goes somewhere. I just love those moments because that's the moment where you're really present. That's something I realized about myself with flirting. Like, I love flirting because I'm not thinking about anything besides the vibe of that moment and having that moment with that person. And I love the banter. And I love, I love teasing people. I love the attraction. I love, oh. That. oh my god um so please date like date have that experience of having other people take you out maybe not now because we're in corona but take some time for yourself and then when you're ready like pursue things with people even if it's just like someone you thought was cute slide in your dms slide in their dms for absolutely no reason be like hey remember when we did this thing remember when we did this thing <laughs> Like, it might have been, like, three years ago, but I think you're really attractive. Um, and honestly, the funny thing is, most of the time when we have crushes on people, they tend to have crushes on us, like, 75% of the time. Um, Eurocentric beauty standards aside. So, I think, yeah, this is really my two cents. I hope this isn't disappointing for you. Mm. Yeah, if you're doubting even staying with because it'd be one thing if you're like, I'm staying with him and I love him and it's just your business that you don't like him. But you were even like wavering on this. I really think some time apart could be in order. And maybe, and I don't think you're stringing him along necessarily. I think you're just confused. I think you do like love him. And you've been, like, you've been together for the past few years. Like that's a lot. Like I was only with my ex for one year and it's hard to get over that, right? So it's probably because you feel comfortable with him. Like you, like think about it. It takes 21 days to start a habit you have been talking to him for or dating him for three years i'm guessing i i equate a few at three i'm guessing it's like three or two whatever um well it could be longer dang that's a habit like you're used to him being in your space and there are probably things you really do love about him but at this point maybe it's not yeah yeah i would advise that actually yeah yeah you're so valid um also so I'm gonna stop talking because I've been talking for hella long but I just want to say that with these questions if you guys ever want to send um send what's going on send updates like 
more details through it be based on what I say here or whatever or you want follow-ups like so valid just do that I I don't mind at all I'm actually very flattered and I don't take it lightly that you guys literally just sent me you know you send me your your biggest and these are like serious problems like things that are on your mind for me to answer like that's wild so thank you for trusting me to give you good answers and I hope I did um if I didn't also let me know <laughs> no for real also let me know it's a growing experience for me too but this is great um I hope I helped you all really and keep sending questions if you ever have advice or ever want to advise something um I'm just thinking of me as your friend that you would FaceTime if you're having an issue, you know? That's really what it is.